<laughs> all right. Hey there, guys and gals. All you hubcats, cool kittens, you diesel-powered disciples of cool friends and foes. This is another great episode of the Diesel Punk Podcast. I am your host, the artist also known as the Bamboozleist, Big Daddy Cool, John Pika, and sitting right beside me, this mountain of a man, the Dark Soul himself. <laughs> He is a beast of a man. And sitting next to him, the original punk, Corey. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing wonderful. I'm happy to be here. And and so so that I don't mess it up, say your name for the camera one more time. Hillisheim. 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 Yes. You know, I, I want to say that in a German accent. Hillisheim. Go right ahead. I think it's something out of four. <laughs> do, do, do you have your papers? No. Nine. We don't need no stinking badges. Oh, that's a different, different one. Different yeah, that's thing. a different, whole different Completely thing. different thing, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the Diesel Punk Podcast. Uh, on tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about uh, some Diesel Punk comics, Diesel Punk cosplay, and talking about this year is the 15th anniversary 15th year anniversary of sky captain and the world of tomorrow so um you know what since it's a little bit warm up here and since Corey, you look so blasted uncomfortably hot <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and tackle the diesel punk cosplay oh, topic first and that <laughs> way you can shed your accoutrements now as we uh as we get into this uh Oh, before we get into this, I got to share this. Next Tuesday night, October 22nd, Haunted Magic in Gallatin, Tennessee. It's creepy, bizarre magic, ghost stories, local legends, and a few surprises, along with half price milkshakes at Sweeney Swift's On the Square in Gallatin, Tennessee, the most haunted public square in Tennessee. Did not know that. And you don't even have to milk the cow yourself. That's right. That's right. That's Lebanon. <laughs> Is there a place where you have to do that? No. Because oh. no. that could be cool. That would be. So... What prompted me to uh, bring this topic up is it's October, which means... Costumes. Costumes, and it's the perfect time for us to do our <laughs> diesel punk costumes. And also because I debuted a brand new costumed character at Imaginarium, and I'm holding part of that costume here. The, uh, the staff, also known as Maggie, and uh, along with the staff came this fantastic hat um i'm gonna switch hats here so take off the flat cap and put on the ghost hunters topper so uh this shaman character made its debut at imaginarium and some people said oh hey johnny are you are you doing steampunk now or uh, and and someone you know thought that hey I'm doing a steampunk shaman but with the, all of the other accoutrements I had it was neither yeah it had its own flair to it yeah so um, we talked last episode about how I, I was asking is steampunk and diesel punk starting to merge and to to combine and really the reason I asked that is because that's kind of what I did with this character. Mm-hmm. It, it is both diesel punk, steampunk, and post-apocalyptic punk all mashed together. And that was the idea I was going for. And um, Crystal Raven Jones, Madam Dark, uh, built the hat for me. She made all the customizations except for the feathers. I did that. Um, and uh, she built... Maggie, the staff, it's actually a lamp that... Should have seen him chasing up. the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Um, when the batteries are working, that lights up, so I've got to replace the batteries. Um, but, um, you know, for those of you who, who are out there, you might say, well, how is this at all diesel punk? Well, I was wearing my, my 40 style waistcoat with an arrow shirt 
and my zoot suit trench coat on top of a wizard's robe and a uh, an obi belt there are pictures on our uh, on our page you can take a look at it but um i was going for that mashup and i i think i nailed it what, it what did good. you think i liked it yeah it was very impressive uh, i think it it doesn't necessarily fit diesel punk or steampunk it does fit its own genre but it's a punk genre. Yes. So you can include it in a diesel punk. That's right. That's right. And the story behind it is that the character that I write about, me, Big Daddy Cool, <laughs> in the next edition of my uh, book is going to disappear for just a few moments and return as this. Checked out. Yeah, post apocalyptic shaman type character. The Tales from the Flip Side was the first book. Yes. yes. And and he's going to remember his own toilet paper. That's right. That's right. Now, so <clears throat> for me, guys, we talked about this uh, before the air went. For me, it all starts with hats. Um, you know, that was one of the first things I learned. Um, this will come as no shock to you. But I attended Clown College. Ringling Brothers Clown College in Sarasota, Florida in 1990. I actually applied and got accepted, but never went. Did you really? Yes, back in 94. Well, one of the first things they teach you is that all character starts with a hat. And so you've got a fantastic piece of headwear on. It's, it's different. Yeah, ta yeah, talk to us about that. Um, the character that I'm developing, um, he is a World War II soldier. Um... I just happened to have this helmet for riding motorcycles, and it was the closest thing I could find to a World War II-style steel pot helmet. Um, it's kind of got the flip to it. It's not as wide, but I liked it. it you know, I don't go for historical accuracy. That's uh, a good point yeah. about diesel punk is not a historical reenactment. Yes. It, it, it draws inspiration. It's inspired. Like but, the, usually the stars were white. I kind of did it in a tan. Yeah. Uh, I still got a lot of weathering to do, and I added the spikes just because it's punk. Yeah, the, the spikes just, definitely make it It punk. looks dangerous, so I figured I'd, I, you know, I'd add them. I think it is dangerous. Yeah. Oh, trust me, my elbows will agree to where I had it sitting, and I kept elbowing it. <clears throat> now, you added the uh, also the leather bomber jacket. Yeah, the leather jacket. This is something I also had, and the picture I found of a soldier actually started with this jacket. He had something similar. I thought, I've got that jacket. We can build this whole character around this jacket and this hat. Um, and it's slowly developing. It's taking a little time, but I've been working on it all week. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out a name. I don't have anything for him yet, but I got kind of his backstory going. And, and what will you wear underneath the jacket? I will have more of like a military-style shirt that they had in World War II. Um, just kind of buttoned up with a collar. Okay. Um, a scarf. I want to have some kind of scarf that tucks into the shirt. Um, I'm, I got airborne pants. I'm gonna order from World War II. Um, get uh, boots and the I, I've always called them spats, but they cover the boots yeah, 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 the spats. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting some of. The you kind of see those later on. All right. Yeah, but I'm also gonna do uh, like the airborne style backpacks that they carried with them, and I'm gonna get an M1 Grand they also have with it. And, He's just going to be a kind of a soldier of fortune. I love it. I love it. And and for the most part, if you didn't have the spikes, mm -hmm. it would really be historic reenactment. Yes. Um, maybe some mashup of yes. different styles or eras, but it's the spikes that really the, make it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about eliminating them, but like I messaged you the other day about it, and you're like, I like it. Yeah. I was like, it adds the punk to it. You know, yeah, why, it absolutely does. Why eliminate the punk from diesel punk. And you know that that Thompson machine gun, maybe it's not a machine gun. Yeah. Maybe it's a modified death ray. Yeah, yeah. We can modify it. Yeah. Yeah, with the replica, right, we can do some modifications yeah. and maybe build one from scratch. Yeah, and that's the kind of things that we're looking for that turn it from historical reenactment to punk, so the diesel punk. And now, Robert, you're wearing a flat cap with a hydra pin on it. Okay, well, my normal costuming comes from walking through Goodwill and saying, oh, that looks cool, and throwing stuff together. A lot of my stuff is 
what called closet cosplay or found object or cosplay. found object i mean i except for this i have to say i saw jeff on here his wife erica christian made this for me and it's a diesel punk slash steampunk welder's mask and i picked up this i looked at it so i'm going with i got combat boots on jump pants suspenders a epaulet shirt gloves and a pistol and then the goggles around my neck and then the flat cap sort of with an insignia the hydra insignia so i went with sort of a mashup of blue collar military hydra yeah yeah i, I love okay. it because that that is really a big part of diesel punk as a genre it's a mashup of you know the uh, style and aesthetics of this era uh that we draw inspiration from the the late teens 19 teens through the 1950s and you've pulled different pieces from all of that uh and this this welder's helmet reminds me of a character from dc comics freedom fighters um did you ever read that comic i've he's, seen it but i've never read it yeah he's yeah. he's a like a fire i can't remember the name of the character but he is a fire character and he wears this big welding suit but has this mouthpiece on the front of it like like that so that is definitely right in line with with what we're doing so here right here we've got two different representations we've got the military aspect of the diesel era we've got the blue collar um worker class blue collar uh uh, gorilla fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so kind of a, a different style. And you know, for me, you know, I did the the shaman, but my normal character is the zoot suited, uh, <clears throat> Big Daddy Cool Johnny Dallaraca, swinging solid on the two and four. Can you dig that? I knew that you could. Um, now, what makes my red zoot suit uh, punk and Look, what I'm wearing right now could could qualify as a diesel punk outfit because I'm wearing this uh, sparkly colored scarf that would be uh, historically frowned upon mm -hmm. in the era, uh, along with my my jacket. And maybe if I had a little bit different shirt or a tie, that would be really great. But right away, you know, one of the things I do as Big Daddy Cool is the character wears accessories and jewelry that would not necessarily have been acceptable for men to wear during the era. And I don't have any of them on tonight, but a lot of bracelets, a lot of rings, a lot of jewelry, um, and the, the just the feathers on this sucker pimps this out, along with the, uh, the Dead Man Hands patch and my own Hydra pin. And so that becomes pretty punked out now if i wanted to go a little bit further which i do uh, big daddy cool also carries along with the thompson machine gun a set of samurai swords now that's a completely uh historically inaccurate yeah. uh thing but that's what makes it part of that science fiction fantasy it turns it on its ear and makes it part of the punk genre so you got the zoot suit and the fedora the cut you know all of the jewelry and the cutlery and that's my punk and you guys probably watching are, are hearing a pretty common theme diesel punk is pretty much what you want it to be in terms of costuming oh yeah we draw from the era as inspiration but then we take it and go in different directions uh -huh. you add future tech or future styles you mash up different eras in even my zoot suit character it's a mashup of styles from the 20s 30s 40s and into the 50s uh -huh. because i wanted to create this feeling among my audiences of this anytime in early america history so um that's the way i go what are some other ideas that you guys would throw out to our viewers? Um, I also have a zoot suit. Yes. I also okay, I, I also have, uh, 
I guess you call it a jungle gym look. I've got a pith helmet. I've got uh, an AK-47 replica. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep this on. I've got uh, many, many hats. I've got, well, more jewelry than uh, most prostitutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Dude, for, for the shaman character to put all of the jewelry on took me 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Just to put on the jewelry. But when I do the pirates, when I put all the jewelry yes. on, I'd a lot rather do this because then I don't have to wear all the rings. And if anybody has seen me as a pirate, they know I have a lot of rings on. And after a while, believe it or not, they do start hurting your hands. They, they do. Um, of course, I've had the opposite problem. I've, I've lost weight over the last two weeks. And so all weekend, I'm having to catch my rings as they're falling off my fingers. That's, that's a different kind of problem to have. Corey, what other suggestions might you have? Of stuff you've seen out there, or, or you know, yeah, uh, I see a lot of the people that do similar to you, you more of the uh, noir, pop noir mm-hmm. style. Um, I see a lot of guys doing the military look, uh, even on the diesel punk Facebook pages. There's quite a few military guys out there. Um, just find what you're interested in. If you're military, start looking up diesel punk military, diesel punk soldiers. It'll give you ideas for armor. Um, just Russian soldiers, German soldiers, American soldiers, whatever you're into. I mean, I, we've got a German helmet that I'm using as a prop to go on a vehicle eventually. Um, just scour the internet. Just diesel punk and then whatever you're into. Diesel yeah. punk shaman, diesel punk worker, diesel punk uh, guerrilla warfare, diesel punk soldier. Just whatever. Just look in Because you'll find... My guy was inspired by a character from a, a video game they're developing that I found a picture of. And I said, I got that jacket. We're starting there. And I took off from there. Goodwill is Goodwill. your friend. Yes, Goodwill is a great place. You know, so everyone says that to me. And I am horrible at finding stuff at Goodwill. <laughs> horrible. I need to go shopping with you and, and Crystal Raven. Speaking of Crystal Raven... Um, the uh, the costumer who built the the staff and helped uh, customize my hat, she does Madame Dark, which is a 1930s Art Deco inspired sorceress, and uh, so she's got this gorgeous beaded, like micro beaded gown, um, uh, and it actually has. Uh, netted sleeves, the, like these fishnet sleeves, and then she's got this shawl with this big feather boa on it, um, and then she adorns all that with traditional, um, you know, magical jewelry and accoutrements, you know, yeah. stuff that you would see out of Harry Potter or Fantastic Beasts, and um, uh, her, her husband Greg does uh, this character named Deacon. And you saw me post yeah. the pictures of that. He's this, a satyr. A satyr. Um, a, 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 like a gangster noir satyr. Um, and it started out as a joke. He, he called it the goat father. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this is a perfect diesel punk character. And so he's got the, you know, the, the kind of gangster Al Capone style Suit, but with the fantastic satyr makeup, and yeah, it's cool. Uh, yes, uh, Sarah, that would be considered diesel punk. But okay, so we we got some shout outs. What, what are some questions from the audience? Uh, Sarah asked, "Would a cigarette girl from a theater, saloon, casino be considered diesel punk?" Absolutely, yes, yes. very much so. And what makes it punk, Sarah, is something that you know, kind of turns it on its side. Instead of being historically accurate, you might add something. Make that, her a spy. Yeah. And have hidden compartments in your cigarette case with weapons. That would be you good, know, yeah. Something like that. Or. Some, sometimes it's as simple as that cigarette girl, instead of uh, you know wearing a, 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 a wristwatch, wearing an Apple iWatch. Yes. You know, that future tech. Makes it makes it punk. Hey, Carlin, I just saw you say hello to us. How you doing? So let's acknowledge some of these hey, folks. Hey, Marvin, got... how you doing? 
Vicky, you and Captain Dave having fun in Florida? Hey, let's see who else has popped in. Oh, Chip, you and Madonna, how's married life treating you now? Hey, Joe, we're talking about motorcycles. I know you like them. Got a few. Well, uh, Joe is actually a motorcycle tra uh, trainer. Okay. The Riding Academy. Doug! Doug Murray! I had not seen you in a long time. This this is great. Dark Soul has all these friends who actually watch his stuff. That's fantastic. I don't they want to watch and see if I'm stupid. Cam, where's the pickles? Where's the pickles? Anyone wow, else? We got there is like a lot of people. Kinds of people. Well, feel free to ask your questions either here on the live feed or through uh, Robert's uh, watch party. Uh, ask your questions, and uh, hey, feel free to take off the coat too if you want the to. Was hey, Jeff, part. Jeff, Jeff, did you see? Did you see? For those of you who are listening on iTunes, we're responding to the live feed on Facebook. So, uh, sorry, you can't see the welder's mask that uh, Dark Soul is holding up. Jeff's wife made that mask. Yeah, she's she's a fantastic crafter. A friend. Maker. Fantastic, fantastic maker. They need to come up to Nashville more often. Jeff, <laughs> this is where it's at now. Now that Dark Soul is here, this is Retro Punk Central. We are in ground zero in Nashville, Tennessee. Brandon, I enjoyed watching your podcast about Star Wars the other day. He has a podcast called Nerf Herders. Oh, I've, oh. I've seen it. Yes, I'm very familiar Brandon with Brandon I worked with in Memphis at ThyssenKrupp. Okay. Oh, yeah, Brandon. I know Brandon, yeah. <laughs> of course I know Brandon. Hello. Hi, Brandon. Brandon. Does everyone know Brandon? Do you know Brandon? No, I don't know Hey, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> Meet. We forgot his damn name. Corey. <laughs> Hillesheim. Hillesheim. The German... <laughs> All right. So, hey, since it is October and since Halloween is coming up, we want you guys to drop us some pics of your diesel punk costumes and cosplay. We'd love to see them. Yeah, and let us know what you're doing. If you want advice, we're happy to give it to you. Um, I don't know if it's good advice, but we'll share it. Um, and uh, all of our fans on the Facebook page and on dieselpunks.org uh, will uh, chime in as well. Anybody else we need to acknowledge? Captain Dave. Captain Dave. He's one of my... He, him and Vicky are like Ava's third grandparents. I mean, that's how close they are. we are with them. They, they live in Florida, and they have a room specifically for Ava in Florida. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we'll do some more shout-outs in a minute. Moving along, before we get to our next topic, I want to share this. I talked about it, uh, I think, last episode. Tommy Gun Wizards. This is a new comic series that is out on shelves right now. Uh, this is issue two. But uh, here's, the, uh, here's the setup. It is Prohibition. Elliot Ness and his untouchables are going after Al Capone and his gang. But it's not over bootlegging liquor. It, the prohibition is against magic. Ooh. I'll let you take a look at that. Yes. <clears throat> fantastic series. Speaking of fantastic comic book series, um, we sent a preview, uh, an e-preview of Broken Gargoyles. Hold that up for the camera. It's a little bit shiny. Broken gar Gargoyles by Bob Sally and... Um, uh, he's the uh, writer, and let's see, does it give the uh, artist credits? Here, I'll, I'm going to hand that over to you, uh, Corey, because I can't see anything, any colors out of these red glasses. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. My vision is super sharp in these because they're prescription, but because of the red tint, red tint, I can't tell one color from the other. <laughs> That's not true with my uh, purple glasses. Uh, yes, Dark Soul is coming to ShadowCon. Dark Soul helps run sh uh, ShadowCon, and... The uh, podcast is actually going to ShadowCon. Pretty cool. All right, so let's talk about Broken Gargoyles. Broken Gargoyles. <clears throat> Give us your uh, 
your 30,000 foot review or get as detailed as you want. First of all, broken gargoyles was a term after World War One for disfigured soldiers that came back to the world. Um, regular people use it, but they also used it, the soldiers themselves, to describe themselves as broken gargoyles. Um, so that's where we start off as. The main characters are disfigured soldiers after a war. It doesn't really say World War One or World War II. Um, and just a war. That's all I know. Um, and one guy's at the beginning struggling with his family, struggling to get back into normal normal life. Um, and then there's an attack out in Arizona where some shipments from the military are stolen by more broken gargoyles. Find out that it is his old unit and that's where they kind of leave it. You know he's going to have to get involved somehow. Um, so it ends with a cliffhanger. Ends with a cliffhanger. Um, artwork is incredible. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. The, the, the 100% certain. Um, story is very good. Uh, first episode, it's a little, I'd say, choppy. It kind of cuts back and forth. Some of the transitions yeah, from transitions past and present little, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but first episode, I mean, first issue, so I, I, I could see it growing and getting a lot, lot better. I mean, I, this issue was, I liked it. I thought it was incredible. When I just flipped through it, my initial gut reaction was, holy cow, this is everything that Diesel Punk really is. Yes. Yeah, because like the vehicles in it that they steal are very futuristic looking. Yes. But yet they're going past the chain gang from a prison being attacked by a guy in a World War One gas mask. You know, it's it's it combined three different things right there. Yeah. And it just, I, I thought it was great. I, I, I can't look forward to seeing more of it. I can't wait to get the first actual issue in my hands. And then from then on, whatever. The, the vehicles look like a combination of a deuce and a half and Mad Max. Okay. Yeah, Corey's going to flip this open. Yeah, unclip it. So, um, yeah, I, I just absolutely love this, especially the artwork. I'm, I'm big on really great graphic design. Uh, maybe tilt that a little bit to get the shine off yeah. of it. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So Very Mad Max, very futuristic, but set in uh, Diesel Punk's era. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, what... What did you think of the story? I really liked it. Um, it had the, uh, what was it, the Rat Patrol sort of feel to it to me. Okay. Because it does a lot in the desert. But also, like at the end, this guy goes into an FBI office, and it almost, that's where it, like, changes. Okay. He's got the facial mask over his scars and everything. Broken gargoyle. <clears throat> what I loved about this character design was, you know, for anyone who watched Boardwalk Empire, um, the character of Richard had that half mask over his, the damaged part of his face. But historically, they painted them to mirror their real face. Yeah. So until you got kind of close, you, you didn't even notice um, in this, it's either bone white or steel. I couldn't really tell yeah. which. Which maybe it's plastic. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I really couldn't tell either. But but it's very obvious, almost almost like a cyborg looking uh, appearance. <laughs> we need to bring the podcast to the beach. We got a shout out. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. I've asked Bob Sally a couple of times when this is coming to retail. It's published by uh, Source Point Press, which is hard to say. But Source Point Press is doing a lot of great work with uh, retro future stuff. They did uh, the Boston Metaphysical Society. They did a series called Monstress um, about a robot, a robot, uh, an animated robot ghost hunter. Mm -hmm which was kind of a cool idea. Um, they uh, did um, a great book that I that just came out last week called Gutter Magic, which is kind of that uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them cool. type setting. Like Shadowrun? 
Um, I'm not familiar with Shadowrun, but 1930s um, world uh, world of wizards and, okay. and whatnot. So yeah, uh, Source Point Press is doing a lot of cool stuff for people who are into the the steam diesel punk aesthetics. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope it comes out and does great things. Yeah. Um, you can read it online right now. Um, just do a search for Broken Gargoyles. Uh, you can w- read it in e-form. It will come to retail soon. Maybe even this week. I'll, I'll have to double check. But um, any last thoughts on Broken Gargoyles? No. I, it was interesting. It, um, I'm waiting to see what the one guy in the gas mask looks like underneath it. Yeah. Because the other one, the one at the uh, circus, was pretty messed up. Oh, yeah. And I kind of got the feeling that he kind of thought, the the main character you meet at the beginning, thought that his whole unit was dead. And here they are robbing a truck in Arizona. So it kind of makes me think, you know, what are these guys looking like where he thought they were dead? I may be mistaken on that. That may be just what I picked up on. No, that's what he thought. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Because he was... was Drinking to each one of them. That's right. That's right. It's been a couple days church. since I've read it. So, and you said you read it twice or three twice. times? Twice. Yeah. Okay. But I, I'm also reading on a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so reading is choppy. You know? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, I gotta gotcha. Stop. Go back. Go yell at a kid. Come back. So things get a little muddled sometimes. But I, yeah, I enjoyed it uh, twice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we got some more shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. Any questions? Vicky, Sarah. Jackie, how's the little demonic one? Wait, did you say little demonic one? Yes, her son. Crotch Goblin? No, no, no. Her her son. Her son's name is... Yeah, that's why I call him um, Crotch Goblins. Was it Lucifer? Is oh. it Lucifer? Is that what it is, Jackie? Damien? Put the dog down, Damien. <laughs> Paul, I haven't seen you in a long time. How you been? That's it. That's it. That's it for shout-outs. So keep questions coming as you're watching. Um, Let us know you're there. Give us a thumbs up, a heart. Share this video as we're going. Bring more people in. We'd like to top our record. We last week we had 603 views. The week or the episode before that we had 693. I'd like to top over center 700 this week. Uh, That would be fantastic. We maxed out so far on here at 12. Well, so far. And then bounce yeah. ba- and bouncing back and forth. Yeah, I know a lot of people that watch it after later them, on. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and that's cool. That's cool. All right. It is time for our Diesel Punk's Essential Library section. And this week, this episode, we are going to talk about one of my favorite movies. And it is a Diesel Punk Essential movie. It is the movie that if someone says, What is Diesel Punk? you just hand this to them. And have them watch it. I am talking about Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. And it just so happens that we are in the 30-day window of the 15th year anniversary. The film dropped September 17th. Oh, wow. um, 15 years ago today. So um, if you've not seen this movie, and I know a lot of people out there watching haven't seen it because... It did really well the first weekend at the box office. It did more than they projected, but then it dropped off really quick. Um, it seems like it was such a niche film that it hit you know, the market really quick. And it didn't hurt that Glenn Beck was promoting this movie. Um, well, it didn't hurt that Gwyneth Paltrow was in it either. Yeah. Well, you have an all-star cast. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, uh, Angelina Jolie, yeah. and... Um, it was, uh, who, who are the guys that directed it? It was uh, Carrie Conran, yeah, Conran and uh, his brother, uh, written by Carrie Conran, directed by Carrie Conran. They don't credit his brother in this, but the, the, actually both of them came up with the concept and worked on it and created the uh, visual effects, which 15 years ago were groundbreaking. Yeah. The visual effects in this were so groundbreaking that George Lucas, who had this film supergroup that included himself, Steven Spielberg, um, Francis Ford Coppola, and Martin Scorsese, he invited the, the Conran brothers 
to join that super group. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they have a big weekend conference uh, once a year. And um, Lucas wanted them to come in and share their filmmaking techniques, how they did this. Because nothing had ever been done like this movie before. Um, and what I'm talking about there is the only physical, real things in this film are the actors, their hand props, and their costumes. That's it. Everything else was all, all digital. All digital. And there's only one place for me that you can tell. It's um, in a scene where a car drives up uh, in front of the theater, mm -hmm. and on the wheels you can tell that they're not real. Um, but 15 years ago, I couldn't tell. Yeah. That's through the lens of technology today. Now, what's really funny about this is these guys were lauded. They were hailed. It took them three years just to make the teaser trailer to get investors. And after the movie came out, after they had all of the accolades and were invited to be part of that supergroup, they vanished. Yeah. They, huh. They'd never done another movie. Now, they work in the industry still, but in interviews, they're like, yeah, we're not interested in being a part of that world anymore. Wow. In, in terms of directing and producing. We just had Daniel Mink join. Okay. Now, Daniel Mink is a Wild West performer that does trick shooting. Ooh. That's <clears> awesome. And we, Pat Austin joined. Rachel joined. Brian Pops joined. Brandon's back. What happened, Brandon? You drop off? But yeah, I noticed Daniel Mink joined. Yeah, he does. I've seen him at uh, county fairs and stuff doing trick shooting. So he really shoots. Yeah, he yeah. shoots. I can. Ride I can, and shoot. I can do the spins and the tricks with the guns. I can't shoot to save my life. He'd shoot himself in the foot. I was. I was in a the other foot. I was in a Wild West <laughs> stunt show in college and uh, for a summer, and I learned how to do all the twirling and all that. But um, anyway, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Corey, your thoughts on the movie uh, 15 years later? I like it. I think it's visually stunning. Um, it's got a good storyline to it. Um, some of the acting, I think, kind of occasionally falls short. But it, for the most part, it's a good movie. Well, I made the kids watch it the other day, and they liked it. Yeah, do you, do you think that some of the acting may have struggled because they were... Doing not, that, not being in the scene. Yeah, they were acting they around the CGI. Yeah, and some of it, I think they were trying to, maybe because they weren't in the scene, they were trying to overact to make the the watcher that think that they were in the scene, not realizing that the CGI was eventually going to come in and fill it in. So they were kind of taking more of a stage yeah, theater approach, maybe more pronounced hmm. and. Stuff. I, that's interesting. That's just my opinion, but I mean, I like it. It's a great movie. Uh, like I said, visually stunning. I love the idea of him flying around to secret base and his uh, P fifty one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. P fifty one Mustang. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was just the coolest thing, and some of the cars in it were amazing. Cause yeah, I, I'm a big car fan, so. Well, and you, you had giant robots. Giant robots. You Can't had giant robots. You had robot ninjas. Yeah. You had uh, crazy mad scientist Nazis. Yeah. With a messiah complex and. Uh, and and an allusion to Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember that's that whole scene in the theater where Penny meets that's the right. scientist and the Wizard of Oz is playing. That's right. That's the that's only right. indication in the entire movie of any type of year that it might be set. Yeah. I love the giant flying aircraft carrier. Love that. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, uh, Frankie, yeah. Uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's character. Yep. And listen, military women with an eye patch, <laughs> I'm just saying. It yeah, gets yeah. me every time. I prefer Tailspin. Tailspin was a good show. That <laughs> was a great show. Tailspin was a great show. And a Carnage. Great, a Don Carnage. A great diesel punk yes. cartoon show. My wife has a ringtone that plays this, the Tailspin theme song. I always like Don Carnage. Yeah, good show. It's been a long time since I've seen I'm that. I need to get it. Up, yeah. yeah, I need to see that. Um, Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. The CGI was great, but being an actor myself, I know that you don't 
you don't have to have a stage. Right. Your stage is here. Sure. So you, the worst thing that can happen with an actor is to get caught acting. Right. And I feel some of them got caught acting in this. But but do do you do you think I, I have? Do you think my point is valid in that you know when this movie was made, that was a technique that was not being used. That technique's yeah. old. Well, see, I think some of them not virtual forgot, sets forgot how to do stage no, acting. And I, the way I'm talking about improv about stage and stuff is old. No, I understand. That. Yeah, I understand that. But but here we have you know film actors who are used to playing to the camera and you know having to tone everything back. You know, because stage acting and film acting are very yeah, different. Very different. I am not out. a film actor. I'm a stage actor. And and I'm really good on stage. I, I, I'm a film actor. Yeah. On, on film, I come off very stale and silted. Um, unless I'm just riffing it like I am now. But um, on stage, I, I have all of the tools to, you know, perform and project and create a character on stage. And I'm wondering if Corey's point is invalid that, you know, because they're on a virtual set. There's no hard they're set. In a green room, basically. Yeah. 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 That they're, they're trying to paint that picture. Green room, green room has been around for quite a while. Oh, yeah. But not on this scale. No, and not on this scale. Some of these scale. actors may not have ever used it. And that's, that's right. Why they're thinking. Correct, Jeff. Correct. Very correct. It was a throwback to old serials like Buck Rogers. Yeah. Yes, it, and it was intended to be that way. You had the, the Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, uh, the uh, uh, Baba Black Sheep mm-hmm. feeling. Um, all of that was, was mashed up yeah. in there with the Tibetan mysticism. And, and that's why it really is truly the best example of diesel punk in totalitarian. No, not totalitarian. In totality, totality. in totality yeah. that we have. Um, no, Tailspin was. <laughs> I go second best then. <clears throat> tailspin, I go second best. No, no, I, I go. I go first best with Tailspin. See, you can't beat Tailspin. For for me, for me, in terms of best example, it's in this order. Yeah. Uh, Sky Captain, Rocketeer, Captain America: First Avenger, Dark City. Oh, yeah. Now, I love Dark City. Yeah, and and if I were to give a top five, my fifth one would actually be Peter Jackson's King Kong. Okay. Or... The first of the kaiju. Or, well, yeah. Or, maybe it's a tie with Batman 1989. Oh, that's the one... Yeah, with Jack Nicholson as oh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Keaton. I could, the, the, the whole city... This town needs an enema. Everything about that movie yeah. was 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 Very, diesel inspired. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Well, they they pulled from like the Batman the animated series. No, the Batman animated what series was based that? on oh, the okay. movie. Yeah, yeah. So that Art Deco style, the Gothic Art Deco, the the mix of modern or futuristic technology with uh, antique technology. It was just it was it was a beautiful. Uh, it was diesel punk before we had the term diesel punk. And um, tailspin, but those those are like my top five in terms of examples. If I were to name my top five in terms of favorite, uh-huh. Captain America: First Avenger is number one. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, no, actually, I take that back. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is number one. Watch that Friday night. Yes, that's yeah. my number one favorite diesel punk movie of all time. Um, and well, Wonder my, Woman was diesel punk. Yeah, it yeah, was. I finally watched that the other day, and I was amazed by it. I thought that was the World some War of the storyline kind of got to me, but the, yeah, the, the World War One aesthetics of it was beautiful. It almost could have been the new quintessential. It could have toppled Sky Captain in terms of style and aesthetic, mm-hmm. if if the movie didn't take this hard left turn into the Greek mythology at the end. That was that seemed like a complete disconnect for me. Well, that's the spiritual. That's yeah. the uh, fantasy. Well, I, I know that, but, but they threw out all of the aesthetics and style. In, in Not really. Uh, because maybe I'll have to go you, watch you, it again. You, I've got you, it you, down you, here. You're going to a Greek mythology, 
you're not going to have the 40s style yeah. on a uh, Thermoscared Island. Well, but they, that's not where they went. They're they're fighting on a German airfield, but all of all of that what they built in that world was just completely thrown away in that battle with uh, Diana and, and Ares. So anyway, that that's that was my opinion on it. And uh, you know, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a great diesel punk movie. It's set in the 30s. It's got all of the style and aesthetics. It's got the fantasy and science fiction of the magic world and uh you got you know newt scamander who is literally the underdog anti-hero uh pushing against the status quo of this authoritarian society this this organization so anyway any other thoughts on sky captain in the world of tomorrow it has some good background stuff <laughs> but it wasn't Tailspin. You know what? I'm. I'm. Ta- they have Tailspin, both volumes one and two, at Target for nine ninety five each on on DVD. So you know what? I, I can you find it online? I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up when I get home. I like I like to own the physical copies, so uh, oh, yeah. I might go get it this week. Just. For you. <laughs> I've literally not seen that movie since it first came out. And it came out when I was in college. Movie. TV show. Uh, it came out when I was in college. So I was kind of... And then there was also Tales of the Golden Monkey. Tales of the Golden Monkey um, is in my essential diesel punk library. It was uh, the first TV show that was designed to captive, uh, you know, capture the popularity of Indiana Jones. And uh, yeah, we're, oh, we're we're gonna be talking about stuff like this for ages, <laughs> ages. This will be good. This will be good. We have content for ages. Speaking of content for ages, just uh, as an aside, thank you to my buddy Dark Soul who picked up Spirit, uh, Will Eisner's The Spirit. It's Volume Two, but this is by Darwin Cook, and um, Darwin Cook is one of my all-time favorite artists. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Darwin Cook. Uh, but uh, uh, three bucks at Ollie's. He's like minimizing it, but it's a thoughtful. It's a thoughtful gift, and uh, the spirit is you know one of the uh, great pulp heroes from the Diesel era, and um, awesome, awesome. So if you have an Ollie's good stuff cheap outlet near you, go buy and get the spirit for. Three ninety nine or two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Hardcover. Can't be that. That's pretty impressive. All right, you guys got any last comments, questions, concerns? Nah. <laughs> what what is that? What is that line in uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou"? You're a man of many words, or you're a man of few words, but when you do speak, you are uh, eloquent and to the point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remember who said that in that movie? I can't remember who said that. It was John Goodman's character. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, playing he was, Big he, Dan. He, he was playing the Cyclops. Yeah. Yep. No, I thought it was uh No, he's playing the Cyclops. See, I always thought that was the 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 King uh wind windbag guy. What That's the Cyclops. Hmm. Huh, I know that. have to go back and Oh, that's, that's right. He even... wore a patch. That's yeah. right. And and he beat the guy with a damn stick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I always equated him with King Blowhard, but no, you're right. He's he's the Cyclops. You learn something new every day. Any last words, Corey? No. Um, well, about the cosplay, just hang out in forums and watch people and ask questions and don't be afraid if someone tells you that answer you don't like. Yeah. Um, just keep an open mind and do what you want to do. And send us your pictures of yes, your please. cosplay. So next week we will what not be suggestions for any. I gave him mine. Yeah, Give yeah. A suggestion for my cosplay. Oh, that would be excellent. Because I'm still working on it. Like I said, it's developing. So yeah. Um, doing this podcast has inspired me to start it again. So we're good to go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, give us critique. We'll give you critique if you send us pictures. Um, have fun. That's all I can say. Have fun with it. Well, so next week we will not be live because. I am going to be performing at House of Cards, having to make that cheddar cheese, 
And uh, but the week after that will be our Halloween episode. That will be the week of Halloween. Yes. Uh, that it's will the most be wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year Sorry. with kids trick or treating and everyone greeting you. Have you been scared? I love Halloween. I used to have a casket and I regret selling it now. Uh, I used to have the ultimate <laughs> Halloween decoration out there. Don't quit your day job. That is his day job. That is my day job. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> have you not? Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's always some goober on the critic's fence. Um, so, 26, we'll be back live. That'll be our Halloween episode. And we are going to talk about then the diesel-era roots of our contemporary Halloween celebrations. Cool. You'll want to tune in then. So, until then, if you like the show... Make sure you tell two, three hundred of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. Uh, make sure you visit us on Facebook and uh, at, at Diesel Punk Podcast. If you like the show, contribute a dollar or two dollars to our uh, Patreon campaign. You can do that at dieselpunkpodcast.com or at patreon.com slash big daddy cool shows. And, um, that's it, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed you the show. Something. What did I forget? You forgot the Magic Box. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're also sponsored by Magic Subscription Box. They deliver a magic shop to your mailbox every month. <laughs> Way too early, though. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. And uh, you you can get your own at magicsubscriptionbox.com. Use my promo code BDCMAGIC. Get 50% off your first month. It's awesome. And uh, actually, you know, that's funny. This Friday night at House of Cards, I'm going to be doing a set that will be exclusively material from Magic Subscription Box. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a little bit of a dare to prove to some uh, magician friends that you can actually create uh, professional repertoire from a Magic kit. Cool. Yeah, so uh, that'll be cool. So uh, anyway, guys, that is it. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Until the next time, swing hard, swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.